So You Want to Be a Ninja, Episode 8, with Master of the Rig, Jay Flores, Part 2. What is up, guys? My name is Ratasha Irbarian, a.k.a. The Ice Ninja, and we are officially one week away from American Ninja Warrior Season 10 at Bayfront Park in Miami as this episode is dropping on this Friday. I'm super excited to go and watch and test the course and I say that because I applied this year, but did not get on, unfortunately. But you know what? It's okay. It's kind of devastating at first because you put so much time and effort into not just training, but the application process and the video. And it, you know, it doesn't feel good not to get chosen, but there are tens of thousands of people that apply for this show. And a lot of people might not realize that, you know, it's a it's definitely a gamble every single time that you apply. Only a hundred people, about a hundred people get picked from each region. And we're going to talk about that process today with Jay Flores. He is back on the podcast. He unfortunately didn't get selected either. And if you check out his pages, he is such a beast athlete in OCR and Ninja, but it's not just about being athletic to get on this show. You have to really be able to tell your story and show your personality. And he has both of those things, but we're going to talk about all that. Uh, We're going to talk about, you know, what they're looking for in your video. We're going to talk about how Jay got into Ninja in the first place. We're going to talk about his experience in the walk online and what you should expect if you want to course test or if you want to be in the walk online. And if you applied for the show, but you didn't make it this year, you know, we're on the same boat here. So this is going to be a very good episode for you to listen to. Just know that you're not the only one and it is not the end of the world. You know, Ninja is more than just a show to me now. Now it's a passion. You know, I created this podcast to share my experiences with you guys, to share the knowledge, to learn from other people like Jay. It's really given me an outlet to other things. It's surrounded me with amazing, supportive, cool athletes, not just at the ninja gym, but outside the ninja gym, you know, we go and we hang out and it's just a blessing to be a part of this community. And I'm completely grateful whether I get on the show or don't get on the show. You know, there's UNAA, there's NNL. I'm going to be competing more this year and yeah, maybe, maybe next year we'll get on the show. We'll see. But for right now, we are speaking with Jay Flores, who is the 2017 obstacle course race world championship master of the rig and if you want to learn more about jay please go and listen to the episode before this one that's episode seven part one master of the rig and you're gonna find all his qualifications there he's kind of a big deal in the ocr community Uh, he's a conquer the gauntlet and force five pro team athlete and had 15 overall podium finishes last year and before we dive into today's episode I just want to let you guys know about a balance challenge that Jay and I have going on Instagram right now. I will leave a link to the Instagram video for that in the show notes for this episode. Make sure you tag both of us if you try it. I am at the underscore ice underscore ninja and Jay is at coach Jay Flores on Instagram. And make sure that you use the hashtag ninja tango challenge. We definitely want to see your balance videos. This is a super fun challenge. We haven't been able to complete this yet ourselves, so we want to see someone who does. You need two people to do it. It's a partner challenge, and it's called the Tango Challenge because it kind of feels like you're doing tango on a two-by-four piece of wood. 
because that's that's what ninjas do, right? But anyway, let's go ahead and dive into how Jay got into ninja. I lived in Puerto Rico for a while, uh, 2009. I was living with my aunt and her son, uh, my cousin, uh, and he's a single child in a single um, mother household as well. So it was like a really nice time. He was seven years old. I was in college. It was like good for us to like bond and me to be kind of like a good positive male role model for him. And he loved Ninja Warrior. And so he would watch it and he introduced me to it on TV. And I think it was on G4 back then, probably like season three or something like that a long time ago. Mm-hmm. You know, he told me about that. He told me about parkour and these videos that he would watch and stuff. So uh, we watched it together and I was like, I'm, I'm going to do that for like one day. Or like he asked me if I would and I was like, yeah, you know, I'm going to go to Vegas and like, I'll take you with me and stuff like that. So I kind of like made this little commitment to my cousin. Mm-hmm. He's the youngest cousin and I'm, I'm the oldest on both sides of the family. So it's like, he's like my little baby kind of. Yeah. <laughs> now he's taller than me and <laughs> stuff. But, <laughs> Big baby. Yeah, exactly. Um, but that was kind of like my original inspiration. That's what kind of eventually got me into OCR. I didn't do anything immediately after that. I mean, I kind of just said it and like it meant something. But at the time, I didn't really have any avenues to practice it or to do it. I didn't know you could apply for the show. I didn't know any of this stuff. Then a couple of years later, I got introduced into OCR. So I got kind of got more into the sport and stuff. But still, there was, wasn't really many ninja gyms out there. Or um, I still didn't really know a lot about the actual sport. I just kind of showed him this stuff that I was doing. And he thought it was cool. And I you know, started to develop as an OCR athlete. Then around season five, five or six, it was in Miami. And uh, my brother messaged me and said hey like they're doing tryouts for ninja and what he meant was like walk-on but we didn't know what it was exactly mm-hmm. and this was back before like the walk-on line was ridiculous like it is now where you have to be there for like two weeks yeah <laughs> and like camp out to to be there mm-hmm. back then i think you could show up day of and make it if you showed up early enough um if you spent the night you, you're pretty good chance of of making it um but we showed up kind of late because i lived in tampa at the time and i, and I came down to miami and so we were in line and we didn't make it, right? So it was kind of kind of a bummer because I didn't get to do anything. But they were like, okay, well, it's a learning experience, right? We'll we'll try out next year. We found out we could apply, and we found out more info about the walk on line. So I think I applied for season six, but I didn't get on. So I tried the walk on, um, and this time I spent the night. So we literally camped out in Bayfront Park under the lights. <laughs> I had a little sleeping bag, literally. Like I had a little sleeping bag. They didn't allow tents or anything, so. It's just a bunch of us. I think I was number 50. So there's like close to 100 of us just laid out in the park. Wow. It was pretty wild. And they picked like 20, 20 people? I think they brought through like 25 inside, but I heard that not all of them got to go. So it really depends. You know, walk-on is a gamble because it depends on, you know, how things are going for them, right? If things are moving smoothly, then they'll get more walk-ons through. You know, they might not have barely any walk-ons go through at all. So it's just... It depends on their setup, the weather. There's so many different factors that can influence it. So it's, it's a gamble, but it's a pretty cool experience for those that, that do make it. So I didn't make it through, but they um, told us about course testing. So they're like, if you want, you can come tomorrow in the morning and you can course test. And you won't be able to compete and you won't be able to walk on, but you'll have a chance to practice a few obstacles, right? Mm-hmm. I had an OCR that next morning that I signed up for. I was doing something. <laughs> yeah, if I was like, if I don't make it on Ninja, I'll just do the OCR. And so I went to the OCR, I did that one. That was actually my first ever win at an OCR. And then from there, I went to go course test. Wow, it's a good weekend. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was raining. Um, so it wasn't a lot of time for course testing either. I remember Flip was there with his girlfriend at the time, like walking around. It was like, I felt like, oh, this is cool. Like I get to course test. At least I'm doing something. And since there wasn't a lot of time, we only got to choose one obstacle. And I chose a salmon ladder, which is a big mistake because I'd never been on a salmon ladder before. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't they like just introduce it around that time? It's still kind of new. Yeah, it was it was relatively new. I think it had been in the season before, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. But it was a, a pretty new obstacle. And you know, there's a lot of people out there that watch it. You might think like, oh, I you know I could do a lot of this stuff. And you know, I was kind of in that mentality too. I do obstacle course racing. I could do this. Yeah. You know, I might not be able to do everything, but I think I could do this one. And I get on and I hop onto the salmon ladder on you know the bottom rung, and I'm hanging. I'm like. Okay, <laughs> what do I do now? <laughs> I tried to do a pull up and I'm like, wait, but then where's my, how am I going to throw it up? And then like, <laughs> I was kind of embarrassed because I, I knew yeah. that they were trying to get a lot of people through. So I didn't want to spend a lot of time on there. So I just tried this crazy move and I fell straight into the water. And it's pretty embarrassing. But just again, it shows that the whole journey from like not being able to do anything to not being able to do a lot of these things. So that was kind of an interesting experience. And in, in that walk on experience, I met the owners of Fit Lorenzo, which is now Live Training Center. They're the previous owners. Um, and so I found out the Ninja Gyms existed. I had now moved to Fort Lauderdale, so I, I couldn't go to Fit Lorenzo, which is more in the Tampa area. But I was aware of them. And I think like a year after that or something, I went and visited and checked it out and like got to actually train on some ninja obstacles and stuff. So yeah. that was probably around like season seven or eight and so it's, it's my ninja life has been a little bit shorter than my ocr one you know they're both very related but uh season eight i did course testing in um philly and that time i actually got to try more obstacles i did rolling thunder i completed that one the first try which is the the rolling wheel it's pretty big i, f- I forget what it's called but they're like the lily pads it's a balanced quick agility obstacle oh yeah kind of like turn it twists right yeah, twists. So that one's one that I've always been scared of on, t- on TV, but I was able to do that one. And then I got to test another one, which I failed. Actually, I, I completed the hard part, which was like these numb trucks that you climbed up and then you sat on this little wall and the wall would tilt. And then you would go down uh, off the wall onto a trampoline and then you would grab it, what looked like kind of the TikTok obstacle, like those hanging large um, diameter poles. I'd never come off a trampoline like that before and I my legs just buckled and I went right into the water <laughs> oh god yeah you um, have to hit that just right yeah exactly and you know I didn't really have any experience on trampolines so to anyone listening like if you can if you're trying to get ready and you don't get accepted or or if you're not ready to apply yet like try to go course test if you're close to one of the regionals it's an awesome experience you get to try the actual obstacles from the show and uh you know try to figure out what some of your weaknesses are before even competing because there's so much additional pressure, you know, the audience, the lights, the nighttime, um, even just being up there during the day with course testing and, and having those people watch you. Even just all of that in course testing scenario was kind of intimidating. So just being able to get more comfortable with those situations was a great experience. Right. The heights, all that stuff. Now I had done the, the Daytona course test last last year, uh, season nine, and yeah. uh, I only got to try one. So that was, I don't remember what it was called, but... It had two drops. It seems like the second obstacle is, mm-hmm. is pretty set like that the past couple of seasons. Like it has two drops and something yeah. that you hold on to. So it was, um, I don't know, these pads, right? Okay. Everybody else before me, except for two other people, they got to hug the pads and 
they just hold on and then they go down the two drops and they land on the mat. Mm-hmm. And then when I had gone, they said, okay, hands only. Okay. It's like, what? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hands only. And, like I'd even try to put my wrists on or like top of my forearm. They were like, no, yeah. you need to use your hands. It's like, no, I'm going to oh, fall wow. in the water. And sure enough, like I hung on for two thirds of it, I think. It felt like two thirds. And then I dropped into the water. I was like, oh man. man. Then they, for the show, they allowed you to put your whole arm around it again. It's like, okay, Okay. that's cool. Well, that, yeah, that's part of what they're trying to do, right? Is try and test it at different levels. Again, for those you're asking, well, like, what is course testing? So basically, they have people come in the the day um, before and usually the morning off. And they test out the obstacles in different scenarios to find out, okay, is this like way too hard? Is nobody getting through this at all? Or is this obstacle too easy? And like all these people are getting through it. And this is later in the course, people should be, you know, failing by this point, et cetera. It just mm-hmm. helps them kind of calibrate what the course should look like. Unfortunately, you got the, the let's make this harder section of it. Um, yeah. <laughs> my coaches were laughing. They're like, you got it. And they were laughing. <laughs> but yeah, I highly recommend course testing to anyone that's interested. For sure. So you applied, you've applied how many times now? To... So I applied, let me think, I applied in Miami once, and then the next year I supported one of my friends um, as kind of just like her, her motivation coach for, for yeah. the Orlando one. So I just went as, as a coach, not as, I didn't apply that year. I applied one other time besides that, um, and then I applied this year. Okay, so third time now. Yeah, third or fourth. I can't remember if I applied the Atlanta season as well or not. I think it's fourth. I think I applied for Atlanta and Daytona, and I didn't get accepted for either of those. Uh-huh. Um, one of them I remember making the video last minute terrible idea so tips you know tips for anyone trying to apply definitely make your video in advance yeah i ended up um having to finish the voiceover i was like visiting my girlfriend and i had to like finish it in the bathroom because the apartment was too loud so i had to like do like speaking in the bathroom so you wouldn't have any of these other noises oh my god and it was just it was a mess i was stressed and i, I didn't do a good job um, last year, I think I did a much better job of putting the video together in terms of timing, in terms of production. I had a friend help me, but I didn't tell my story well enough. Like looking back at it, it was basically a video of me doing ninja stuff and a short 15 seconds about like who I am, 15 to 30 seconds, which is not enough. So use as much of your time on the video as you can telling your story. Even when you're showing off your athletics, like tell your story because the, there's enough ninjas out there now that can do a good amount of the course that I think the producers are really looking for what the stories are. And some of you might be out there like thinking, oh, well, you know, like I don't have a story or I don't have like this sob story. Like it doesn't always have to be that. Sometimes it could be funny. It could be any, any kind of challenge you overcome. It could be whatever is unique about you. Like I know you you used to do ice skating, right? Like I don't know if you put that in your story, but that's unique. That's exactly the way I spun it. No okay, pun intended. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So there's so many different kinds of ways that you can get engaged and, and kind of like be different because that's what they're looking for, right? Some of these people are there because they're funny, they're engaging, they're outgoing, and they're a good voice for the sport. Others have these stories of things that they've overcome. Others are just unique mm-hmm. and weird and cool ways. I remember one uh, girl that's like a Halloween costume um, creator or whatever and i remember she got a lot of airtime. and oh the scary one the scary ninja from the one who competed in florida yeah um her that was awesome she was really good actually she was really good and she got a lot of airtime. and it's not because yeah. she overcame anything crazy it's because she had a unique story it's good to watch but again the key point is the story yeah. and so that's why you know i think i have a much better chance this year because i really focused in on my story um 
why it's important and, and why it can help um, kind of grow the ninja community mm-hmm. and stuff and have an impact. And I think that's what they're really looking for. So you've applied, you've applied three times now. This is your, your fourth, you think? Um, yeah. Why do you keep on applying if you haven't made the show? <laughs> so that's a good question. Part of it is um, because I, I realized like why I didn't get accepted the previous times. So one of the challenging and frustrating things is that they don't tell you if you didn't, right? So you only find out yeah. if you're on, if you're on. Um, you and hear you, everybody else get called. Exactly. <laughs> and it's like the most frustrating thing. Like I remember getting a phone call from California last year <laughs> and it was like a telemarketer and I was so mad. <laughs> it wasn't Ninja <laughs> Warrior. I was like, really of all the calls I could get from California, it's not Ninja and it happens to be a telemarketer on top of that. It was frustrating. Um, but anyways, like I, I kind of knew, like I remember that when I told you, like I put it together last minute, it wasn't a good application. And then last year, I thought I had a good shot, but then when I look back, I'm like, hey, you know, I didn't really tell my story well enough. So part of it is like I knew I didn't do a good enough job to get selected. But the real thing I think is like, you know, I made that little pro- I promise to my little cousin. Um, and even though it wouldn't kill him if I didn't, I think it would be a cool experience to um, – to do it and to have him on the sideline and stuff, that would be very rewarding. Mm. You know, kind of show him that, hey, you know, it sounded like a crazy goal when we first talked about it, but if you put in the work, you can make it happen. And then just a lot of, I think it's a very inspirational show and opportunity to show people what we talked about earlier about no obstacle, stopping you without your consent and all the different metaphors and lessons that the sport teaches us. I want to use it as a platform to do a couple of things. One, like I said, show people about, about the obstacles and stuff, but I want to show kids the science behind it, right? You know, I talked about with my regular job earlier, show them. You do a really good job with that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I want to show them that, you know, like STEM and engineering and math and science are everywhere, including obstacles. So like, I like people like um, the Maker Ninja who designed the wing net and stuff like that, right? Like 21 years old, right? Exactly. He applied his um engineering and kind of like design skills to ninja and i want kids to see that like hey no matter what it is that you're excited about even ninja warrior you can design stuff around it and you can make cool things and change the world he's changed the sport right before you know now there's wing nuts gyms all across the country people are trying to figure out how do i conquer that right it changed stage mm-hmm. was it stage two or three i think it was stage two drew dreschel went out like in the in the finals yeah exactly yeah so it took out a lot of people it was it changed the sport so i want kids to know that they can do that you know they can influence the world i'm puerto rican and so with the hurricanes and everything that happened this year there's a lot of challenges on the island i'm the captain of the puerto rican um, national ocr team so i represent them through ocr and that's really a good example but i think ninja would take the message to a broader community in Puerto Rico, right? Right now, the OCR community in Puerto Rico knows what I do and and what we represent as a sport. Mm -hmm. But the average person doesn't know me or doesn't know what we do and why OCR and Ninja are so um, empowering and impactful in people's lives. So I think um, the show could help us kind of expand that message and show people that they can conquer um, obstacles on and off the course, um, whether that be the hurricane or their health and fitness or whatever it may be. So, mm-hmm. and it would just be fun. But there's a lot of bigger reasons that you know we can use this sport to to influence and impact. And I like seeing a lot of the popular ninjas out there going out into communities and talking to elementary schools and and talking to kids about setting goals and overcoming them and stuff like that. I think it's really important for yeah our kids. No, for sure. That was actually one of the questions I was going to ask you is, you know, why are you called Captain Puerto Rico, even though, you know, obviously you're from there originally. Yeah. Or from Wisconsin originally. 
So I was actually, I was born in Wisconsin, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> no, just um, my parents were both born and raised in Puerto Rico. I'm the first person in the entire family born off the island. Okay. But I, yeah. I was born in September. Two and a half months later, I was on a plane to Puerto Rico. So, oh, um, it counts. <laughs> yeah, which is kind of crazy to think of. I was on a plane as a two and a half year old. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but anyways... Um, you know, we'd go back every summer and Christmas and I lived there for a while. And so, and just Puerto Rican culture is just that way that no matter where you're at, you're super proud of who you are and where you came from, just part of like our DNA, I guess. And so I always kind of had that in me. And as a kid, I kind of, um, rejected Spanish a little bit because nobody in my school spoke it. Cartoons were in English, et cetera. And, Mm -hmm. And sometimes like my aunts would like force it on me. They'd be like, you know, I don't understand English, just say it in Spanish, even though I knew they understood English. So I got kind of frustrated. Yeah. But eventually I realized like how important a piece of my culture it was. And like later in life, end of middle school, beginning of high school, like I really became passionate about really representing who I am and what my culture is and helping people be proud of it and stuff like that. And one year I didn't know what to do for Halloween. And I was having a Halloween party for my cross country team at my house and I didn't know what to wear. Mm. So I just put on a Puerto Rico towel and called myself uh, Captain Puerto Rico. <laughs> I put it on as a as a cape. That's awesome. Um, and it's kind of it wasn't a joke or anything, but it was like a random thing. It wasn't like a, a big deal, right? It wasn't like a normal thing, and like people kind of like started saying it. Yeah, Captain Puerto Rico. And then when I started OCR, I always wore a Puerto Rico sleeve and a Puerto Rico headband. Again, I always wanted to represent. Uh, kind of dream of mine has been to represent Puerto Rico in the Olympics, and so in any athletics that I do now, I try to represent. Um, the island and one day I remember you know again that nickname kind of stuck through there and I remember one day uh, it was my first major podium race so I told you about the other one where I won my first race but that was like a local race Mm -hmm. it was my first kind of race where it was like a a big series and you know a lot of top athletes and I was in second and someone goes is that Jay in second like you know kind of they were like surprised and excited because part of my team and then someone else goes that's not jay that's captain puerto rico yeah from that point forward it just kind of stuck and then eventually we actually formed a puerto rico national team for ocr and um you know kind of they named me captain of that so now i kind of help try to grow originally mainly ocr but now also ninja uh, on the island too trying to make that more popular down there as well there's no ninja gyms but there's an ocr gym that is adding ninja stuff they've got a like a 12 foot work wall they've got a salmon ladder that they just added this week mm-hmm. it's called ocr box in san juan so even those of you who might be traveling for vacation and want to get a workout in ocr box um in san juan is is a great place to train so i'm thinking about you know how do we incorporate more ninja stuff into their gym and how do we get some competitions out there and and grow the sport and again the show would be a huge catalyst for that Mm -hmm. i think how would you define an american ninja warrior good point so one of the cool things is the ninjas come from so many different types of backgrounds Mm -hmm. both professionally ethnically the different challenges we face like what i love is that no matter that community is so tight-knit even if the people are super different, you know, I think it's connected people that may not have ever been friends in the past. Mm-hmm. You know, I follow people that I you know, wouldn't have necessarily gelled with or like been friends with originally. But what I really love about ninjas is it's all about conquering obstacles. And it's so, it's such an unselfish sport. There's so much support for other athletes. Yeah, there really is. Even when you like, I hate going early in a comp because naturally your 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 body wants you to say, I want to win, right? So you want other people to fail, but it's so not a ninja thing. And like, uh-huh. I, I'm actually, yeah. 
like I've gotten comfortable and cool with people beating me. Obviously, I still need to challenge myself to be the best because I don't want to lose. But I'm like, you know, mm-hmm. good work, man. Like you killed it. Like I learned something from you today. Yeah. Um, you did this so much better than I did, or I would have never thought of that. You know, like now I'm better off because of it. And that's the type of a- attitude and mentality that I think a lot of ninjas have is, yeah, we're competitive. Yeah, we want to win. But it's really about like growing the the sport and growing all of our abilities as athletes. And um, I study so many other ninjas to try to find tips and techniques. And, and I try to teach other ninjas t- tips and techniques as well. So I don't know if I gave you a really good answer, but I hope I shared like a few of the key traits. I think you did. You know, I may not have told you what a ninja warrior is, but some of, key, some of the key traits and mentalities that I love about the sport that make it such a pleasure to be around. And, you know, we find that when I compete against athletes from other sports and things like I was on a battle frog show on ESPN a couple of years ago and we were against this one team from Atlanta that was made up of a couple athletes from other sports. There's a former NFL player. There was a um, basketball player girl and like their athletic mentality was a little bit more cutthroat than, yeah. than OCR and ninja yeah. ones, right? Yeah. You see that in soccer, you see it in football and basketball. All right. Figure skating's like that too. Yeah, right. like, I'm out there for me, you know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so they were very, um, they weren't mean or anything, but they were very rough in their first heat against us, right? Yeah. And I'm lined up against right. this former NFL player as a relay style. And he's like, wow. just like making noise and like intense dude and like all yeah. this stuff. And I'm like I'm sitting here like 5'5", like 130, right up against the NFL linebacker. <laughs> like, there's no <laughs> chance. And we ended up beating them because we were a little more skilled, wow. you know, a little more connected to OCR and skilled. But throughout that weekend, they like became part of the OCR culture and they made a transformation in just that weekend. And now we're like really good friends. And anytime I see him at an OCR, like it's the first person I give a huge hug to, you know, so it's cool to see how our sport can impact people and, and their mentality towards athletics or mentality towards mm. other competitors it's just so powerful. And I think if we have more people that have that kind of mentality, both on and off the course, like we're going to be much better off. Yeah, no, you make a good point there. Uh, going back to Atomic Wars, it was a tag team competition for mm-hmm. those who are listening. And, uh, you know, it's just like a, a finals course that we had to go through. We were going against the, um, you know, defending champions. And they're, they're such good athletes. One of them actually got me involved in Ninja Warrior, and that's Ronald. We're just like mm-hmm. feet away from winning. And I'm the one who slipped on like the double lache mm-hmm. after doing all exactly. that stuff. And honestly, like I'm not an emotional person. I, I can get like passionate, but I'm not an emotional person. I just wanted to like walk out and cry because I wanted it so bad. You know? <laughs> I, I really, really wanted us yeah. to win. But the moment I dropped my feet down to the floor, everybody that's left there watching the end of the competition just starts calming over oh my god good job all the hugs and everything i was like i can't even (laughs) i can't even like go and you know experience that right now because everybody's so supportive and it really helped too exactly yeah i love that about the sport it's a cool feeling to be surrounded by that all right and then uh, the last question here is you know, where can we find you on social media and the web? And what are we going to find on those pages if we go there? For sure. Thanks. Appreciate that. Um, yeah. So we talked about the website earlier. So it's now um, jfloresinspires.com. 
There you're going to find a lot of what I do in terms of STEM and motivational speaking. You know, like we just mentioned, I just came off my trip from Asia and travel all over the world doing this type of stuff, um, inspiring kids. Some blogs on there, some videos and stuff like that. I might start adding more ninja stuff to that as well, especially if I get connected to the show. Because right now in Instagram world, I have two different accounts and same with Twitter. Right? I just so I have figured my, that out yet. Yeah. So <laughs> I have my Coach Jay Flores, um, which is more of my ninja type stuff. And I have Jay Flores 2032, which is more of the STEM and motivational speaking. But as I've realized, you know, like the examples I shared earlier, where there's even STEM within Ninja, I'm like, there's no need for me to have two different worlds, right? It's all part of who I am. Um, and actually, I think they're more powerful when I put them together, right? I can bring more of my motivational stuff, more of my educational stuff into the Ninja world. And I can bring mm-hmm. a lot more of the lessons learned from overcoming obstacles and for going through failure and stuff like that into um, the STEM world. So um, I'm going to have to decide how I merge that, but eventually I'll probably will merge to one account. But right now, again, on Instagram and Twitter, if you want to follow some of the STEM stuff, it's jflores2032. And um, Instagram, Twitter for the ninja stuff is Coach Jay Flores. Um, you can add me on Facebook. I think that's all the social media stuff I have. <laughs> LinkedIn, if you're a professional <laughs> and you use LinkedIn, cool. more than happy to connect with anyone. Um, love sharing tips. Uh, love hearing about other people's journeys as well. Hopefully we'll connect uh, at a comp or an event or training soon. Or maybe on the set of American Ninja Warrior. <laughs> there we go. Even better. Yeah. On the set together. Well, hopefully you'll, they'll see both of us there. Hopefully we'll Cross both be fingers. in Miami. We, we got about a yeah. month to go, I think, until we know. Yeah. So. Man, the first couple of weeks of March are going to be so rough. I know. (laughs) I'm trying not to think about it. I'm already thinking about it, but that doesn't help anything. (laughs) Yeah. Got to distract yourself. It's no worth um, stressing out over. No, definitely not. But thank you for your time today, Jay. Awesome. No problem. Thank you. Another great conversation with Jay Flores. Uh, You know, he had some great insight on the application process, the walk online. It's amazing uh, the mentality that he takes being so resilient, applying to the show multiple times, but always getting something out of it. So whether it's going for the walk online, going to, to test for a few seasons, every year he's getting closer and closer to fulfilling his goal of being on the show. And he always keeps in mind that it's not just for him, you know, it's for his cousin to inspire his his cousin to go for his dreams. And it's for his family and friends and community back in Puerto Rico to build ninja gyms in Puerto Rico and to really get the sport out there as well. We also talked about the unique athletic mentality of Ninja Warrior compared to other sports. And, you know, keeping in mind just what this is all about, it's not just a show. Like, of course, like that's the reason why a lot of us get into American Ninja Warrior. Uh, That was in my case, actually. One of my teammates at ATP, Ronald, he's the one who got me into all this craziness, as I've mentioned before. I didn't really watch TV. I didn't know Ninja was a thing. And then I got hooked. But remember why you do this, guys. If you truly love it, if you love that community, if you love to compete, keep doing it. Like, maybe you'll get your shot one day. But even if you don't, like, just like they say, as as corny as it sounds, you shoot for the moon. You may not get there, but you're going to land on the stars. I know that sounds corny, but it sounded right to say at the time. Anyway, make sure that you share this episode with your friends, especially your friends that applied for the show. 
but didn't get selected, this is going to be a good episode for them to listen to or if for anybody who's interested in applying for the show. So share it on Instagram. I am at the underscore ice underscore ninja. And Jay is at Coach Jay Flores. Post this episode in your stories. Let people know. Share that knowledge. Give our hashtag Ninja Tango Challenge a try. It's an awesome balance challenge. The details for that are in the show notes for this episode. And we want to see if you complete it because somebody's got to complete it. And hopefully next time when I talk to you guys, I'll be able to tell you some fun experiences, some fun stories from ANW10. Of course, I cannot tell you what happens during live filming, like how the athletes actually do, because we're not supposed to spoil that. That's going to be something you're going to have to wait until you see it on TV. But yeah, I can't wait to go and support all the people who are going to be standing in the walk-on line from ATP and from Ninja Lounge. There's a lot of really great ninjas that didn't get selected, but you know, I know they're going to kill it. They're going to do amazing, and I can't wait to see our people hit some buzzers. Hope you guys have an awesome weekend and a great week of training next week. Talk to you guys soon.